Pickaxe. Folks, welcome to Dungeons and Randomness. Since 2012, myself and an amazing cast of 18 have been telling stories in our homebrew world of Theria. Four different groups explore lost ruins, run for political office, rage against a mad king, set sail to long forgotten islands, and so much more. Every group has a different story and flavor, and every season or arc has a new set of groups and stories all building the history of our world with every single session. Literally hundreds of hours of stories are waiting for you as part of the Pickaxe Network. Check out Dungeons & Randomness wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you around the table. Mikey, you all right there? (coughs) I've got a little bit of a cold, sir. Oh, uh, Mikey. I've got the schnotch and I've got the coughs and it's very hard. It's, oh, oh. It's, I've, I've been forced to come back down to the podiat's mines mm-hmm. despite of my ill health because the, the, the governor says I still have to work. Isn't that right? All the boys have ill health in the podiat's mines. It's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's got dirt lung. Yeah, and you've just got to. The, the world needs content, Michael. They're all malnourished because all they eat is potato smileys and frozen meat face. Yeah, <laughs> every day. Yeah, it's it's the sickness that gives Podiats its special edge, right? This this is the magic of Podiats. The, yeah, the, the coughing. It's yeah. got to be a little bit unwell. The sort of no. final death throws involve your skin turning pink with big yellow spots on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slowly, over the course of the next hour, I will transform into he who shall be not be na- shall not be named, Mister B. Oh, it's a shame we can't see you. Yeah, yeah. they can. They can, if you're watching the video version on YouTube, you can, but Peter and I can't see, Mikey. No, we choose to hide our faces during recording so we don't get distracted. Yeah, too pretty, that's the, that's the problem. I just end Michael up looking at myself. Johnson, Hello? I would like to know if you have bought tickets to see Brian Butterfield. Oh, oh no, I haven't. Oh, no. Oh. I just almost searched Mr. Butterfield. That's not his name, Brian Butterfield. <laughs> Mr. Butterfield to you, because you're... Only his friends get to call him Brian, and you're not his friend. Do Mr. Blobby's friends get to call him Brian Blobby? <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> have we confirmed his canon Christian name? Yeah, Brian. I think that's it. <laughs> okay. Wait, okay. Okay, well, there's still tickets available, but I've not made the okay. plunge yet. Okay. Do, mm. do, 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 are you trying to push me into doing this? Well, I thought you agreed last week. Oh, I, I thought that's what we all heard, is that Michael Johnson agreed. still going... Um, yeah, I, I think we did say that, didn't we? I just, I just, in an act of defiance, chose not to. Let me promise you can't keep. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, I'm going to look at my calendar. I'm going to buy them. <laughs> oh, my God. No You're pressure. doing it right now? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying not to dox my life. I don't have September written in this bloody calendar yet. Did I just freeball it? You don't, hang on, you don't have the the month September's not in your calendar. Lousy March weather. (laughs) It's a paint your own calendar. You decide what month comes next. Great. Great. Oh, dear. I'll just have June if it's 12 months in a row. That'd be nice. That would be nice. Um, screw it. I'm going to say when. No, I'm not going to. Not going to leak my information, even though I just kind of just did. Oh, do I do it? What, how would you leak it? I'm confused. Have you got a physical calendar there? No, no, no. I just well, I guess spill the date that I'm going to see Mr. Butterfield. But um, oh, I, I see. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, it's the one in Bath, isn't it? So There's that's... two dates in Bath, so oh, it's a fifty-fifty chance. Bloody hell. Um, where do I want to sit? Oh, there's one like stage center all right yeah see if you can go up on stage again 
Get and almost die on on account of Butterfield cream. Oh god, yeah, you inhaled (laughs) shaving cream, and then you went went back to the hotel and vomited, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, pretty. I tried to vomit. Nothing. No, I tried to vomit in a Weatherspoon's bathroom. That was the the lofty highs of showbiz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were having a drink, weren't we? And you were just like, I'm going to go and try and be sick. He's that got a creamy a... muck muck in his lung. It's that. It's the potty. It's lung again. Muck lung. Yeah. Pod lung. Yeah. Pod lung. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Hold on. I'm filling in my details now. Watch as I try my best not to read out the words I'm typing. Okay. I like how <laughs> myself, Ben, and three thousand other listeners are holding you accountable right now. You're basically at <laughs> gunpoint, being ordered to buy this ticket. Fine. Yeah. I'll see the comedy show. You animals. <laughs> uh, continue. <laughs> Oh no! Listen, Peter and I don't have to go because we said that you would go, and th- and that should be enough. Yeah, quite frankly, <laughs> that's true. Okay. Yeah, I do. I will provide a full play-by-play. Um, mm-hmm. Hello, can I make payment, please? Hello. <laughs> you paying with PayPal? What are you feeling today, Mikey? PayPal or? Sadly, it's just um, it's just card. Oh, hold oh, on! Only. It's time to dox myself again by getting my my debit card on screen. Ooh! Can you read us the long number? One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Please don't. I'm trying so hard. This is a lot to balance reading numbers, typing numbers, and also not hey, Peter, saying out. Should we guess Shh. his security code on the back? Yeah, on, a, I'll give you three uh, guesses. What's nine times nine times nine? Because that's the odds of you guessing it. Um, I think your security code is. Uh, I, I nearly just <laughs> said mine then as a guess. Yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> saying mine as well. <laughs> uh, I think your security code is six four seven. It may be that. It may not be. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a good answer. I think it's uh, one five four. Mm, close, but no cigar. <laughs> it was close. <laughs> I'm. Uh, no, I think don't sp- tell us split that. the difference. No, wait. No. <laughs> stop. 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 Okay, one it's five, done. Split the difference. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. We can stop. We can stop trying to pry out my bank information yeah. from me. It's Just confirmed. ask Mikey's dad. He'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, he will quite happily tell you. Yeah. 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 Well, so you're going. You're going. It's official. Uh, I I can confirm. I am going to see Mr. Butterfield in the flesh later this oh, year. Wooey. In all Yay. the flesh. Sorry, so not to flesh. body shame Brian Butterfield. Well, it's it is all the flesh because there's a regular man and then there's more man on yeah. top that he puts on later. So all of the flesh. Yeah. Well, Michael Johnson. Thank you for doing that for us. Can't wait to hear about it. Very sad that neither Peter or I can attend. Yeah. Uh, but we've got a flipping show to do. You know how this fucking works. You've been down in the mine. You're sick. Yeah. Do they play Let's the music? They do the theme music down in the mine. Can you hear it? Just di- oh. muffled in the distance. Is that if you listen very closely, sometimes you can hear the hum of the jingle in the distance. I think it's a canary, isn't it, that sings it down yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, here it comes now, I suppose. Oh. everybody and welcome to Poddy. It's the official Vidiots podcast. It's a conversational podcast where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three ers where everybody brings a thing along to talk talk about. about. I'm Ben. I'm Peter. And I'm Michael. Fantastic. I remembered it this time. Well done. Done. It's really good. I I, did um, panic again though. 
I can't profess to have actually watched in full one of the video video face cam episodes. I've just sort of skimmed through to see how it came out, and I've mm. not actually checked how well we are syncing our uh, things. Is it mm. is that we're, going well? It's not good. No, it's, I, we're not, I don't think an attempt is even being made at this point. No, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Because previously we'd all chop it up so it sounded like it was in sync, but mm. now it's just it's a fucking disaster. Like a cacophony. Yeah, it is what one, it is. We should have one pre. Pre-recorded a thing along to talk about yes, that's in perfect yeah. sync and just slot that in every time, regardless of how it looks with our mouths. Mm-hmm. Can we get Microsoft Sam <laughs> to do it? Yeah, yeah swas, 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 swas. Oh, My robot doctor goes. <laughs> Fucking hell! Are you boys all right? How's it going? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, how are you? Yes. I, I am. This has been a miserable July in terms of weather. Sorry to just be English and go straight to the weather, but oh my God, yeah. rain, 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 go away. Well, oh, we've had a decent mix up here, Phil. Yeah, it's been all right up here, but you know, Bristol slash Bath are our rainy places, relatively speaking. Mm. So that, oh. yeah. that west side. West side? West side. <laughs> Do we all do little hand motions yeah, there? Yeah, I did it. I actually didn't. I didn't do it. Oh, boom. I didn't feel brave enough. I just enough, did so. three fingers. I didn't do it in any kind of special way. I don't know if you're supposed to. I've got That's probably West Side. I'm doing it yeah. now. Who knows? Who bloody knows? Yeah, I'm going to stop doing that now. That's not... Ooh, can I still do make the word blood with my... Oh, God. I never can could. Can you do that? Uh, give me like 10 minutes I might figure it out I'm not really dexterous enough for this there's a close enough blood for those at home <laughs> oh, wow that looks amazing thanks Ben it sounds like it looks amazing anyway I can't do it I think I might have done bloob um, <laughs> classic mistake yeah now yeah. you're going to get shot by the bloods it's true so oh. sucks for you man well, a little bit of admin before we get stuck into proceedings. The next episode will be a little bit further away than usual. Obviously, this is a fortnightly podcast releasing uh, every other Saturday. At what time? What time is it? It's 3 p.m., I think, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. It's the time we do, we've been doing it. 3 p.m. Uh, every other Saturday. Unfortunately, though, we're all really fucking busy. Uh, oh. Mikey's going to America with work. Uh, mm. Peter's going to the, the woods or uh, Big House. Are you going? Where are you going? I'm uh, heading down to, to Essex, actually. I've got oh. some family down there. Um, okay. And we may be going to the woods or a big house as, a, as right. one big happy family. I don't know exactly what we're doing, but it's someone's mm. birthday. It's my, my aunt's birthday. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Uh, And I am currently moving house. So this will be the last podiats in this specific setup. But as a result... We, we desperately tried to... Fu- we all just went through our calendars and tried to find a day where we could record in time for a release in a fortnight's time, but it's simply not possible, so there will be a one-week extra delay on top of the, uh, the the usual two weeks. But we'll be back as ready as ever, I promise you. Um, I know that we got off to a bit of a spotty start this year because... Again, we're all just so bloody busy, but we, we've settled into a groove and we do intend to stick to it as best we can. Unfortunately, on this occasion, there's just nothing we can do. Well, it gives us more chance for another seagull-related news story to occur. Um, you know, that three weeks, there's a whole extra week for another seagull story to come up. So it's probably <laughs> worthwhile, I think. 
absolutely. And there, well, were, there was not, not a seagull story, but there was um, a pigeon trapped in a Greg's in Bristol a couple of days ago. Wow. <laughs> like the sort of smaller, low-key version of a seagull in an Asda. Is a pigeon in a Greg's. Pigeon in a Greg's. <laughs> uh, quick update on the seagull stuck in the Asda, oh, yeah. by the way. It did get out. Mm. Um, that is confirmed. It happened just after we finished recording and we recorded slightly in advance of the episode going out. The seagull did successfully escape. And what's this image you've sent here? We are waiting for pest control. Pest control to sort the bird out. Sorry for any inconveniences. Inconvenience. Jesus. Yeah. Inconveniences. Yeah. Um, the next oh, it's like just a the little dude just sat there on top of the side. It's like a, an ooh-ooh-ooh <laughs> pigeon rather than a, a cuckoo pigeon. It's like a collared dove. Ooh, a fancy or a difference. Or a wood yeah, pigeon. What the hell? Yeah, it's, it's different to the ones you get in the street. You know, that's yeah. like a natural pigeon, not, not oh, a feral. Wow. This isn't your standard pigeon. This is a Greg's oh, pigeon, my friend. Yes, standard <laughs> yeah. pigeons know not to go into Greg's. That's, uh, that's so 100% if, confirmed. But a seagull in an Asda... Pigeon in a Greg's. What's next? It's going to be like a uh, a, a sparrow in a kiosk or something <laughs> in a phone be. phone box. Uh, I shall keep my eyes firmly cemented on Bristol news to see what bird happenings occur next. Yeah, there's got to be something. Yeah, you can't let us down. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it is time to move on to our first listener slash viewer submitted thing. Uh, Peter, I believe you are in charge today. I am. So. I don't go first. One of you goes first, I think, is what we've been doing. Um, How about Ben Potter? I can do that. Please do. I have the ability. Uh, I'm going to add Mikey's pigeon uh, photos to the the thread. Yes, good idea. You may be able to hear seagulls, actually, on my recording, (laughs) because they are doing my fucking head in currently. <laughs> they are just screaming at each other all day and it's inescapable and I hate it. So uh, apologies if you can hear them. That's just all seagulls do is scream at things. So, what do they yeah. do? They just steal chips and yell. It's awful. They're Abs- awful animals. Absolute yobs, the lot of them. They are. They fucking are. Uh, my thing comes courtesy of Groovy Pasty at Groovy Pasty on Twitter. Uh, This is a news story from Manchester Evening News, written by Paige Oldfield. And then it said Paige Oldfield is apparently a real-life writer. Don't know what that means. A real-life writer? A real-life writer. Wow. This news story is actually from January. Uh, So it's a little out of date, but just bear that in mind. Food (laughs) fanatic... Wait a minute, we've not done Pod Squad. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Jesus, what Jeez. happened? <laughs> no, just got talking about birds and stuff. Yeah, it was the birds that threw me. Just wanted yeah. to, wanted to go right into right. Well, that's I mean, the wrong there, birds, and I was like, yeah. "Why? What's wrong here?" And I was well like, remembered. Hold on, <laughs> all over the bloody place. Well, if you want to support our bird <laughs> fanatic nonsense that we do here, uh, you can go to podiots.com. If you uh, contribute three pounds or more, you get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show and join Pod Squad. My sincere apologies, our sincere apologies Sorry. to the Pod Squad for this week, who we very nearly left behind. Uh, it's it's like the meme with the <laughs> what is it? The staircase next to the the plane, but the plane's taken off and they're all just stood there on the runway. That's sort of what nearly happened. But we remembered you, so don't worry, we're still here. Mikey, do you want to kick us off, please? I'd love to. And we begin with Blobby killed my cat. 
the generous Saint Milo, and they say, In the UK at the moment, and unless I've veoited this up, I've currently taken a detour for a pilgrimage to several holy sites, such yes. as the Spider-Man Bridge, <laughs> Snappies, and the promised land of Stoke-on-Trent. <laughs> the wow. peace of Billy be upon you all? Question mark, question mark, question mark. What a, ter- what a terrible list of things to see in the UK. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I like how two of them are in Bristol and then it sort of makes it sound like they're kind of based in Bristol on this trip and then they've gone all the way up to Stoke just yeah. to sort of stick their head in and then come back down again to the It's South not West. worth it. It's not worth it. Go to London or something, <laughs> anything. <laughs> well, I think you had a lovely time. Oh, yeah. 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 Let us know how you got on and please, if you got a selfie in Stoke, do send it on to us. Oh, yes. Uh, we continue with, thanks, Mikey. Uh, you're welcome. Hoist your moist good... Goiter? Goiter? Is that what that word is? Can yeah. I'm just Goiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hoist your moist goiter. Um, the generous Hausenberg. Uh, they say, I turned 30 last week and forgot to give you a share of my birthday money. Oh. <laughs> we sound like bullies. Gives you birthday money. <laughs> it's tax. It's tax. <laughs> also, my back hurts now and I groan when I stand up, but at least I've got you boys to help take the pain away. Keys, keys. Thank keys, you very keys, much. Keys. Now give us, give us your money. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, slap your wap flaps, Caroline. When is <laughs> Caroline? When is Binde? <laughs> uh, Otto Carno, who is very generous, and they say, please shout out to my husband James. We're celebrating our ten-year wedding wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah. And we've been listening to you since Name Redacted. You guys have been a very enjoyable shared soundtrack to our marriage and the best husband, and he, the best husband in the world. Oh, That's cute. Congratulations, you both. Yes, congrats, guys. Congratulations. Here you go, James. We continue with Jamshed is my bro and is a knob. Lord Toast sandwich to Vic. Pre- and finally, Brince. Brince? Prince, <laughs> Prince Beefcakes. The artist formerly known as Prince. Prince, Prince Beefcakes. We, we've also got Stephen Skodes, Don Echo 7, Fuck, 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 Fred Du Weber, uh, Imagine Dragon D's Nuts. <laughs> oh, it continues. Imagine Dragon D's Nuts all over your face. Bartek Turtle Cubaca. Uh, Finn Tristam. Cubicha. Cubicha. Turtle Cubicha. Oh, Turtle Cubicha, yes. There we go. Yes. I thought it was K-U-B-E, cube, and then just Aka for some reason. Yeah, Cubicha. <laughs> Cubicha. Uh, Finn Tristam. Idris Gazelba. Mr. Macca. Peter's Nose Sausage. Uh, garlic and Chip... Oh, Garlic and Chip Pakistan. Okay. Mm. Garlic and Tasty. Chintz. Which one was better? Chat G. Peter Austin. Nice. And finally, we've got Explain Why Willie Hard. Swallows come and go. Swallows come and goes. Swallows come and leaves. Ingest semen and departs. Nice. I hope that was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever was responsible for those. Uh, thank you also to Ivana Tinkle. Freddie Webber. Hang on. Freddie Webber Yeti Kleber. Elemental Hero Mudball Man, Cassidy Delaney, Peter saying Mikey in episode 47, 
Fanny and Sub in Da Two Bed Flat, <laughs> Mr. Blobby's Bastard Son, Rip Memory Dicks, and Mr. Macca. That's episode like 57, him. but I, I wonder what that is. What did I say? It, uh, 47, what? I think. Oh, sorry, I meant 57. At some point, if I remember, which I won't, I'm going to have to look that up now. Did I say Mikey in a certain way in episode 57? Probably in a despairing way, right? Mikey! Mikey. Oh, Mikey. Maybe. Like that, you know? Um, He's done something wrong. But that's our glorious pod squad for this week. Podiots.com, three pounds or more to support us. And join pod squad, get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. Again, really sorry for nearly forgetting you there. We've got a lot on our minds. It's busy. It's no excuse, though. Sorry. Sorry. We're sorry. Sorry. Got a favourite? Um, Imagine Dragon D's Nuts is mm-hmm. my favourite. Caroline, when has been there really got? Yeah, got I was going to say that one, but I'll <laughs> I'll say uh, Idris Gazelba took me by surprise. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, good. Nice. good job, all right. Solid stuff. Ben, tell me right. about um, that real life reporter that you've. I will. I w- I'm going to get back to it now. So this is again. Thank you to at Groovy Pasty on Twitter for this one, or Groovy Pasty. Uh, food fanatic dad scoffs 124 kebabs in just 31 days in takeaway mission. Oh, no. Wow. When you do the maths, that's an awful lot. Des Brakey from Manchester says he feels a huge sense of accomplishment over the Kebabathon. Very good. Kebabathon. Now, I'm going to send you a picture of Des. They've spelled his name differently in, in the subtitle and the body of the... Oh, no, it's different in every context. It, they've just spelled it differently all over the place. Okay. I'm going to send you a photo of Des. He looks so unwell. Um, but I'll send it to you once I've finished the article. Right. Here we okay. go. A fast food fanatic dad has consumed a staggering 250,000 calories after eating 124 kebabs in just 31 days. Oh, God. Des Brakey, 36, who scoffed four meat wraps each evening as part of his kebabathon, said the challenge has hurt him both psychologically <laughs> and physically. I bet, yeah. Uh, Wait, but the dad of two. Spread it out over like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He's no, putting he's all these kebabs back to in. back, oh, just a slab God. of meat and some bread. Oh. Uh, oh, but the dad of two from Manchester said he felt a huge sense of accomplishment when he wolfed down his final kebab on Saturday, the 31st of December, after raising over £1,000 so far for charity. It's a shame we didn't see this at the time because this is absolutely something we would have signal boosted. Yes. Uh, Wait, really... hold on. How much, how much is a kebab usually? <laughs> Oh, I dread to think. I want to say at least a fiver. Okay, so let's say at least a fiver. So that's uh, £620 he spent that's of his £1,000 donations. Yeah, yeah, the financial yeah. aspect alone is insane. <laughs> the man just wanted to fund eating kebabs for a while. That's it, he not did. charity. He really did. Uh, let's see. The engineer who even went without a roast dinner this Christmas to make space for kebabs. Oh, no. Previously consumed 60 of the Middle Eastern dishes in one month in 2020. What? And and while Des now plans to retire from extreme eating challenges, he says he hasn't become sick of kebabs and is planning to scoff more next weekend. (laughs) What? Uh, (laughs) This is just a man who loves kebabs, that's it. He just fucking loves kebabs. Des Brakey. Uh, he said, it's very much an accomplishment. I appreciate the support, but I'm not doing it again. This is my final dance. I am now retiring. I've enjoyed it, but it's hurt me physically. I felt like crap. I'm not getting any fruit, no vegetables, and no nutrition. I couldn't eat anything else. Oh, God. How do you actually live when you're not eating fruit for 
How long was it? Well, I suppose only a month. It's not going to kill you. I mean, there are situations yeah. where people aren't able to access fruit and veg for a month. But yeah, wow, that's uh, that's rough. In my long ago history of eating kebabs, I remember after one, you kind of get meat sweats. Yeah. Um, so this man must have been a puddle by the end of this. <laughs> so yeah. clammy. Ugh. It was There's a breeze breaky. for the first... <laughs> it was a breeze. He, he was nearly breaking, but he wasn't broke. Uh, whatever. <laughs> it was a breeze for the first two weeks, but the last two weeks it got a bit messy, not just physically, but psychologically as well. There was pressure on getting there. I had to do it. I couldn't let them down. It doesn't say what the charity is yet. <laughs> Uh, but to be honest, I was already planning to go out with my mates next week on Never Stop Eating Kebabs. Uh, Des began the epic eating challenge on December the 1st and travelled to different kebab shops each day in search of the wrapped meat dishes. He then tucked into four kebabs each evening and even gave up his turkey roast over Christmas so he had space. You've already said this. So he had space for the chilli-soaked rotisserie meat. Oh. He said... I was starving myself all day at work. I would finish at 5pm and then I would be eating four kebabs. Sometimes I would be eating them in my mate's car. Some on the fly. The quickest I did it in was an hour and a half. Wait, so added, this, wait that's the quickest? This man is spending like on average at least two hours a day eating kebabs. Mikey, he <laughs> fucking loves kebabs. He's, it's not a speed thing. He's just, he wants to savour it. I guess oh, it's that long himself. to eat all... Is it four a day he was having, did you four say? Four a day, apparently. Yeah, yeah. so it, I guess it might take that long to eat four kebabs, <sighs> potentially. Even that seems a bit long if you're... I don't know. If they're just there in front of you, I feel like even I could... I mean, I wouldn't want to eat four kebabs, <laughs> but if I had to have that much food, I don't think it'd take me an hour. Well, I, imagine mm. you're 25 days into eating well, four yeah. kebabs every night. It's going gonna, it's gonna to really kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this oh. really tickled me. What's that? This has just really tickled me. <laughs> it continues, Mikey. Just wait until you see the man on his... Fi- There's a photo of him eating his final kebab and he looks defeated. His oh. final kebab. He <laughs> dropped down dead. He added, I had kebabs for Christmas. I went to my mum's. I love prawn cocktails as a starter, so I was gutted, but I didn't want to give in. I was always going to do it. Des, who rotated between lamb, donna... Uh, chicken and mixed meats said his favourite kebabs came from two different shops located in Oldham and Bolton. Hopefully it tells us what they are. Yeah, it is. You want to know? Everyone yeah. at home? Yeah. He said it's not an easy question, but Simply Fresh in Oldham is great. Basically, it's in the name, Simply Fresh. They literally have an OG charcoal grill. Literally, it's just fire, he said. <laughs> they do everything, but the lamb is grand. But everything there is amazing. He added, I had the best shawarma of my life the other day at Istanbul Shawarma in Bolton. It's absolutely next level. It blew my socks off. Wow. Goodness me. He just, this is a man who has eaten a lot of kebabs and knows he what he's talking loves, about. He loves shaved meat in bread. He just, mm-hmm. you know, he knows what he loves. I've just uh, left a five-star review for Simply Fresh in Bolton. So um, there they go. They've earned it. Des said that he had spent hundreds of pounds of his own money on the kebabs, which ranged from five pounds to 15 pounds with with others donated to him along the way. Okay. But the dad who normally eats three three kebabs a week, <laughs> that's still too normally, many, yeah. said the challenge had him put him off the food and he was ready to get stuck into another bap the following weekend. <laughs> there we are, finally, the final line. Des is still collecting money for Francis House Children's Hospice uh, with donations accepted by clicking here. Let's see how much he raised. He raised uh, three grand. He raised okay. three grand okay. of... His there was a ten grand a, a ten grand goal which he didn't meet unfortunately, but he's but at he least did. broke even on that so that's okay. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, 
Wait, I don't where's... know how he's already he's right. Okay, so there's some there's some tomfoolery here. Right. It says on the GoFundMe, from December the 1st until December the 31st, I shall be consuming 124 kebabs from 124 different kebab shops. Oh. He's already confirmed that he did not do that. Take the money back. Take it back. Take it back. Uh, I'm um, going to send you guys a photo of not him, but a yeah. irrelevant photo that I'm sure you've already seen. It's a good photo. <laughs> Have you seen this before? But that's great. It's a no. lad on a night out who has stolen the kebab from the kebab shop, and if you look closely, there is a massive bite taken out of it. He's not like it's not been shaved. He's just had a big mouthful. Isn't it? Oh, it looks like it's wrapped in cling film. Oh, it might be. I don't know. I, How has he done that? I'm not sure, but it looks to me like he's had a bite. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's just been dented on his on his yeah. escape. <laughs> well, yeah, while running, he chipped. Yeah, dropped he might have dropped it. Um, okay, right. Image. Here's a photo of Des. Uh, oh, this God. is. Here we go. So the caption is Des Breaky completes his 124th kebab in 30 days, pictured at Lebanese shawarma. So this is the one in Bolton, is it? Or Oldham? Can't remember. Anyway, here he is. Look how well he looks. Oh, oh. no. That is a... so unhappy. That's a grey man. <laughs> That's a man who loves kebabs and has not been greyer in his life. No. <laughs> That's a why big kebab they, as well. Why have they like got a photo of him with an actual mouth full of kebab and like the sauce and stuff all over his lips and it's his cheeks? All over. It's on his nose. I, I mean, I oh. get they want him sort of, you know, an action shot of him enjoying mm-hmm. a kebab. <laughs> Look how much he's enjoying it. But yeah. that's not a very dignified picture. Bless him. He fucking did it though, didn't he? Hey, he certainly yeah. did. What a hero. What a hero. hero. Um, (laughs) He looks so sad. If you crop in on just the face, as I've just sent, then yeah. Yeah. Without the thumbs up in the picture, it tells a very different story. (laughs) It does. I mean, hang on, let me see what it's like if you crop it with the kebab still in, but no thumbs up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it just looks like a man who's about to vomit, to be honest. (laughs) 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 he looks so sad I'm going to see if I can invert the thumb while we continue (laughs) (laughs) oh it'll be on the wrong hand but sure Um, yeah it doesn't matter that's part part of the side effects of eating kebab that much your hand swaps around yeah Yeah. oh god well thank you Ben and thank you to our dear listener who sent that in yes thank you and thank you Des thanks Des hope you're doing okay yeah all the best. Do I dare Google his name and see if he's still alive? No. Oh, we'll, God. We'll, no. <laughs> he's still going, I promise. Local legend Des Brakey passes away in tragic... <laughs> Cholesterol Kebab- accident. Kebabsident. <laughs> Kebabsident. There we go. Oh, God. <laughs> You'd be oh. able to just stick him back on the rotisserie because he's about 98% kebab yeah, anyway. He's, he's mainly kebab now. <laughs> It's a circle of life. Oh, right, God. absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Uh, Michael, would you like to share with us your actual thing, your your own thing? My very own thing. I would love to. I feel like I can't quite follow up with Kebab Ban here, but I, I'll try my very best. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a story about weird and unusual punishment today. Um, in a fun way, though, in a nice way, not in a, in a, not in a sad okay. way. 
A kinky way. <laughs> the funnest way. <laughs> uh, so Michael A. Cicinetti, I believe that's how it's pronounced. That's how I'm going to keep pronouncing it for the rest of this is a move my discord window uh who's born in 1951 is a retired municipal court judge who presided in painesville lake county ohio good american name there (laughs) i'm I'm judge cincinnati of painesville sucker (laughs) population you (laughs) you're in my domain now fool Uh-huh. And he was known for dispersing a unique brand of what he calls creative justice. Oh, I don't Ooh. like him already. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 interesting. We'll, we'll see what you think when we get into it. Um, the judge often left the choice of penalty to the defendant, who was faced with spending time in jail or undergoing one of these unusual punishments. Ooh. They often involved placing the defendant in a similar situation to that of the victim. The humiliating punishments, which range from the macabre to the mundane, read like they were plucked from a book of ancient fables dusted off for the purpose of administering modern moral lessons. His first ever creative sentence, which involved a violation relating to to a stopped school bus, occurred Mm -hmm. in the mid-1990s. Famously, he offered 26-year-old Ohio housewife Michelle Murray the option, in return for a reduced prison sentence, of spending a night in the woods. Oh. Um, turns out um, her crime was not anything to do with the bus. It was because she abandoned 35 kittens in a forest in wintertime. Oh, and, my God. Which oh. abhorrent behavior. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's an eye for an eye. But also, I feel like she's getting off lightly there. <laughs> spend, spend a night in the yeah. woods. Yeah. One night in the woods. That's not too bad. Um <laughs> Excuse me for laughing earlier, but uh, Ben has posted his attempt at a thumbs down. <laughs> just doesn't work. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Could you now make his face the kebab? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, you don't have to. That's <laughs> this is just going to be my my whole experience of this podcast. Isn't my it? best Photoshop ever. <laughs> oh dear. A, a night, one night in the woods for leaving twenty four kittens in there to mm, die. Yeah. I think, so I don't think um, it was a reduced prison sentence. So thankfully they still went to jail, but um, they got a little bit of time shaved off after one uncomfortable night. But that one night could have been more eventful than it had been because after banishing the offender to a remote section of a local park on a cold November night, Cicinetti was watching a weather broadcast that evening and noticed that a blizzard was expected to blanket the area. (laughs) Oh, God. That almost turned out to be a disaster, he said. When I put her in the woods that night, the forecast wasn't that bad. Um, At midnight, he said, "Uh, that's it. I can't do this anymore. It was too treacherous and dangerous. So she had to spend the night in a jail cell instead. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was the first of many. As they say, this started small. It kind of all originated from a place of frustration uh, with with the people that were coming in. Because you'd have people who would come in and a year or two later would offend again. And so our, our judge here was like, well, how can I maybe you know, do things a bit differently and really deter them from offending. Well, let's lock them in the woods overnight in a blizzard. That'll do it. Yeah, why not? Fair enough. But um, the judge's creative punishments are reserved for a small percentage of first-time offenders only and always come with an alternative sentence, which is usually just standard jail time or mm. community service uh, or fines or some combination thereof. 
Um, people argue that these kind of things are just there to grab headlines, but legal experts argue that there can be unique benefits to alternative justice, which is a really, really terrifying two words to put together. <laughs> alternative justice. justice. Um, beyond saving the public money required to jail an offender, the unconventional punishment often forces the offender to interact more closely with the community of people that they have harmed. So, yeah. And the end result, I'm going to list off some of his greatest hits in a bit, but the result of these kind of interesting punishments um, is where the the national repeat offending rate is over 75% on the whole, but with this judge, it was just 10%. Oh, <laughs> so okay. it actually kind of works. Okay. Um, yeah. So in, um, at least at the time this article was written, uh, in his latest example of eye for an eye justice, Cicinetti ordered a suspect who pepper sprayed someone in the face to endure the same painful treatment before the courtroom. Um, so, before the courtroom? Wow. Yeah. So they, they walked this person up to the courtroom, came face to face with a, a, a can of mace and sprayed in front of everyone to see. But unbeknownst to the offender, the pepper spray was switched out with a harmless saline solution. So it didn't actually cause any pain, oh. just big anxiety before it happened. So they... So they basically just got off scot-free. Is that what happened? I think so for that one, yeah. They got quite lucky oh. for that one. Boo. Right. Hey, 10% <laughs> re-offending rate. It works, weirdly. Um, so I'm just going to rattle off um, from his Wikipedia page a few of my personal favourites um, that he's dished out over the years. <laughs> this first one's quite a heavy one. Um, a man caught with a loaded gun was sent to a morgue to see corpses. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god. Goodness me. <laughs> Only for being caught with a loaded gun, not like for well, for murdering someone or threatening someone's life. Just he just had a loaded gun. You're gonna go see the bodies. <laughs> this is what you could do to people if you keep carrying that gun. Um, <laughs> I I think that would put me off carrying a gun. I don't want to be sent back to the morgue, please judge, not again. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, a young man who stole a bicycle spent 10 days riding a bicycle non-stop to support a local charity. Okay, that seems a little right. a little better. Yeah, that's 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 more on on what I'd, I'd hope uh, in terms of punishment. For um, a brief second I thought you meant literally 10 to, like 240 hours non-stop <laughs> bike riding. No. <laughs> that would be a punishment. Oh my god. Yeah. Um a man who injured a dog was sentenced to donating 40 pounds of dog food on every holiday to the Lake County Animal Shelter. Um, so I guess giving back to the dogs that you've harmed, why not? Mm -hmm. Two teenagers who scrawled 666 on a nativity figure of Jesus had to lead a donkey through the streets with a sign saying, sorry for the jackass offence, but he is so cute. I don't really oh. get what that means, but yes, mm. it's, that's, that's, that's not bad. I mean, I guess for the crime of putting some naughty numbers on a Jesus statue, that kind of tracks. I'd, I'd, I'd lead a, a donkey through a town for that. Mm -hmm. um, teenagers who flattened tires on school buses were ordered to throw a picnic for the primary school children whose outing was cancelled due to oh. the prank. Oh, that's very wholesome. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. A man who committed a traffic violation while shouting pigs at the police officers was made to stand on a street corner with a 350 pound pig and a sign that said, this is not a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good. I like that. 
in January 2008, he sentenced a man who stole a red collection kettle, uh, which is a charity collection pot, um, holding about $250 from the Salvation Army, and they sentenced him to 24 hours of homelessness, which is... Oh, 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 oh God. Damn. Starting to get a bit weird here, but Judge. Um, last two. A woman who was convicted of stealing from a church was ordered to spell out the sentence... Uh, I stole coins from this church entirely in coins and apologized to each worshiper as they entered the church. So I'm picturing that she's there on the front garden of the church, laying out these coins, spelling out the words. Mm. And lastly, an 18 year old male who stole pornography from an adult bookstore was ordered to sit outside the store wearing a blindfold and holding a sign that said, see no evil. Cute, which I think would embarrass me enough to never never yeah. steal porn again it's a bit it's a bit old testament isn't it like some, some of them is, yeah. some of them i get like the picnic one that's nice but others of them just feel a bit feel a bit weird it's quite and religious isn't it it's yeah. like yeah. It's, it's it's not it's not a million miles away from putting someone in the stocks for the day or like in a gibbet yeah. you know I, I i was reading this i didn't like you know, I didn't realize judges had so much leniency with how they yeah. gave out sentences. I thought it was just like strict framework of jail or fines or whatever. But it sounds like you can do anything. Do whatever you want. Uh, there is actually a line here. Uh, judges have a lot of discretion at sentencing, but it also means they cannot abuse their discretion, he added. Um, I, I think some of these are eking into abusing that discretion, sir. <laughs> mm, yeah, I would say so. Um, but yeah, um. I, don't, I, don't, I I'm curious. I think I would, I would take the weird punishment for a reduced sentence. I mean, depends yeah, on what crime it is. Probably. I do. But yeah, it depends of... what the punishment is as well. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It depends, and like how much it offsets, how much it would reduce your sentence. Like, would I really want to sit outside a, a a pornography shop with with a blindfold on? Like, I wouldn't feel particularly safe for one thing. Like, you know, someone might come past and clock you in the face or something i guess there was probably a policeman there as well but yeah. you know some of it sounds a little bit a little bit scary to have to do um mm. but some of it you know i think is, is fair enough well yeah. if you do ever find yourself in painsville um just try not to commit any crimes and you won't yeah. be forced to be subject to these weird weird punishments it's dangerous out there keep dangerous like and that's my thing amazing thank you mikey hey, mikey welcome. I've got an updated one for you. Oh, yeah? There he is. Oh, an updated picture. Oh, no. Is that what you were after, Mikey? That, oh, my God. That's so much more horrifying than I could have ever hoped, and it's all I dreamed of. Perfect. You've sourced a new thumb as well. I've given him a new thumb, <laughs> and he's got a kebab head now. Yeah, it's wow. either a kebab head or possibly a turnip, but, it, yeah, it is a kebab. That's <laughs> absolutely incredible you know ben you've, you've really pushed the boat out for that one yeah, you've adding, excelled yourself i'm um, adding guys. each image to the thread oh, <laughs> the so bad one and then the like, better one yes <laughs> that looks like a punishment that would be doled out in painesville for stealing yeah. a kebab you have you're gonna to eat there. 140 of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah you like kebabs eh have all the kebabs in the world mm. it's a bit brothers grim Mm, yeah, you become a strewel, strewel pater or whatever it was. You yes, know, that's the stories that you read for us. Mm -hmm. Oh God, goodness uh, me, lovely. Thanks, Mikey. You're welcome. Thank you, Mikey. 
Um, I'm going to read you my submitted thing now, which comes mm -hmm. from Greg Miller at Greg Mill 2290 on Twitter. It's according to the, uh, hang on, the, the Bournemouth Daily Echo. Um, we like our local newspapers on this segment, so this we is do. exciting. Police called to Tattenham Road in Poole over fight over duck. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> it's tagged as Bournemouth and crime. Um, and this was written on the 7th of July by Abigail Kinsella, the community reporter. Mm -hmm. Two people were spotted, quote, fighting in the middle of a pool road over the custody of a duck. Passersby reported seeing a man and a woman wrestling in Tattenham Road at around 6.30pm on Wednesday. Officers were called out, however, by the time... Officers were called out... This is not grammatically correct. Officers were called out. However, by the time they arrived, the duo had left the scene. A Bournemouth woman who wished to remain unnamed said they were wrestling on the floor in the middle of the road and trying to get the duck off each other. The woman complained about antisocial behaviour in the area... She added, it's having a massive impact on all of us who believe, uh, who live there, because obviously some of us have got kids. Even if you don't have kids, that's the last thing you, you would want to be hearing whilst you're trying to go to sleep. Give us the just duck! Trying to Give us the your... duck! <laughs> it's my duck! No, uh, it's not! <laughs> or just trying to go about your daily business. A spokesperson for Dorset Police said, We received a report at 6.36pm on Wednesday, July the 5th of a disturbance involving a man and a woman in Tattenham Road in Poole. Officers attended and carried out a search of the area, but those involved were not located. <laughs> and then there's a line break and then just a single sentence at the bottom of the article that says, The whereabouts of the duck is unknown. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's a short but sweet little Fantastic. thing that's happened in Bournemouth. <laughs> People arguing in the street over a duck. It's the closest we can get to a seagull-related story this week. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, it's it's avian-related, if it nothing is. else. Um, uh, and there's a very avian. Yes, it is, that's true. Um, and there is a very good, <laughs> a good, bad picture of a... Hang on, there it is. Yep. This is the image attached to the article that someone has worked very hard on. <laughs> oh, <God's sake. laughs> um, it's not even... If you look at the very bottom of the duck there, it's not even properly kind of edited in. It's, it's sort of sliced off. Yeah, that's a gigantic PNG of a duck that's been hastily <laughs> pasted over a picture of the road. Yeah. yeah. To be and fair, if the just... duck was that big, I'd be fighting over it as well. And then if you press... To the next arrow on the the photo gallery, there's just a stock image of a duck swimming. Good. Um, oh, nice. So, that Great. first yeah. one is the horse-sized duck from all the stuff. Isn't it, it is. It's the one you would have to fight. It's um, fucking you, massive. You didn't want to fight the the little the little horse. Your unusual punishment today is to fight the horse-sized duck. Oh man. Um, so I hope the duck's okay. I hope the couple are all right and that they've been able to work out their differences. And um, thanks for submitting that story, Greg. Uh, yes, thank you, Greg. It's, you, it's Greg. sort of all in the headline, really, isn't it? And in the final line of the article. But it was good. I enjoyed it. it Greg needs to get Greg. that pigeon out of his shop. Yeah. Um, ben, yes. would you like to give us your thing? I would love to. This is also slightly on the shorter side, but I saw something about it recently and thought, this is. I need to share this with you guys. 
this is actually from all the way back in 2006, Ooh. this story. And I'm reading this right up from explorationstation.com. Doesn't say who it was written by or when the story was posted. Man sues NASA for landing on his asteroid. Oh. Okay. He also issued NASA a parking ticket for their spacecraft. Are you ready to learn a bit more about this? <laughs> Definitely, especially after that extra bit. <laughs> Greg Nemitz considers himself a space activist. He'd like nothing better than to see the human race become a spacefaring civilization. He also believes that individuals can make property claims to natural objects in space. This belief of his this belief of his raised some eyebrows when he challenged the Outer Space Treaty in the Court of Law. In 1996, NASA launched a space probe to observe a near-Earth asteroid called 433 Eros, and during this mission, Nemitz asserted his rights to ownership of this asteroid. Mm -hmm. The original discoverer of... This is a quote now. The original discoverer of it was in 1888, and he made no property claim to it, says Nemitz. Nobody has ever claimed it before, so I made a claim to it. That's it. That's It's his now, apparently. So he's just claimed okay, it. Yeah. Okay. He just says well, it's his. No one else is doing this. What idiots. All you have to do is do this and then it's your asteroid. Has anyone claimed Mars? I'd quite like to claim Mars if no one has done yet. Well, that's, you should, because quite frankly, I don't know how it works. I don't know how publicly you have to claim it or if like in a conversation on a podcast, you can just say Mars yeah, is mine Mars now. Mars is mine now. No one has no one said it's theirs. So I'm no, I haven't it. heard anyone else say it's theirs either. Well, so. well, we've got official, well, you've done this officially on the podcast before for Dave Benson Phillips and his yes. star. So, yeah, we've uh, well familiar with the, the moon, doesn't process. he? Or a star. Yeah. I can't remember well, what it is. Well, it's confirmed. Podiots presents Mars. Mars, yeah. yeah Mars yeah. is ours now. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, we continue. Eventually, the probe landed on the asteroid to collect further data. It was at this point when Nemitz contacted NASA. I sent NASA a bill for parking and told them that they were landed in space 29 of my parking and storage facility on Eros, he yeah. says. Went back and forth with them through the administrative process. Then once that was completed, I filed a lawsuit in federal court to continue the procedure. The did he really, though? Did he actually? Apparently he did. There's a lot of articles about this. Uh, the bill Nemitz sent to NASA was for $20, which broke down to 20 cents a year over the course of 100 years. Ultimately, the court sided with NASA. Well, right. Okay. They ruled on a technicality that I did not have standing to bring forth a suit, says Nemitz, but what was accomplished was it created a wide-ranging discussion about property rights in space and what should be done about it. A member of the space activist community, Nemitz's actions received mixed results. 50% <laughs> of the people could understand what I was doing was a beneficial thing, says Nemitz, and 50% thought I was crazy. And mm. that is the end of the article. What do you, what do you reckon... So is he, do, is he doing this to be like, oh, we should think about people claiming planets. Yeah, um, to make so a point, do a test I guess. Run. He's not really that bothered that NASA went on his asteroid. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think, in a sense, he probably agrees that it's not his asteroid. And that's kind of the point, is that, no, it's not. And nothing in space should be anyone's. Um, I guess, I think that's what he's trying to get at there. Like, that's, that's his, um, his idea. I yeah. do also want to believe he's very serious and really oh, does have too. like up to, just... up to 29 parking spaces available on his yeah. asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> Mapped out. <laughs> Can you just read the sentence that finished with uh, or, or followed with he then filed a, a lawsuit? Because there was something about um, the due process with NASA or something. Can you just read that, read that back? Uh, let's see. 
Eventually, the probe landed on the asteroid to collect further data. It was at this point when Nemitz contacted NASA. Yeah, and what was after that? Uh, I sent NASA a bill for parking and told them they were landed in space 29 of my parking and storage facility on Eros, he says. Went back and forth with them through the administrative process. That's the bit. Went back and forth with them as though NASA, even for a moment, like, dignified this with the response. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Matt. Administrative process is that a long winded saying? Long winded way of saying this? They sent me a letter saying no, and that's they were yes. telling me to fuck off repeatedly. <laughs> they replied to my email and said, "You're wasting your time, and yeah. I must kindly stop." Went back um, and forth on the administrative process. It <laughs> also he it talks briefly about the Outer Space Treaty, which I was not familiar with. Would you like to know what it is? Yes. So this was signed in. Uh, 90, well, it was considered in 1966, uh, adopted by the General Assembly of 1962 in 1963, blah, blah, blah. In January 1967, it entered into force in October 1867. The Outer Space Treaty provides the basic framework of international space law, including the following principles. The exploration and use of outer space shall be carried out for the benefit and in the interests of all countries and shall be the province of all mankind. Outer space shall be free for exploration and use by use by all states. Outer space is not subject to national appropriation by claim of sovereignty, by means of use or, or occupation, or by any other means. States shall not place nuclear weapons or other weapons of mass destruction in orbit or on celestial bodies or station them in outer space in any yes, other please. manner. Sorry, did you say this is written in 1870? I didn't mishear that. Nine, 19, oh, okay. 1967. Okay, Whew, thank God. <laughs> this is some advanced 1800s. Imagine knowing <laughs> mm, what, a, what a WMD is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the moon and other celestial bodies should be used exclusively for peaceful purposes. Astronauts shall be regarded as the em- envoys, envoys, envoys of mankind. States shall be responsible for national space activities, whether carried out by governmental or non-governmental entities. There's two more. States shall be liable for damage caused by their space objects, and states shall avoid harmful contamination of space and celestial bodies. So there we are. Yeah, oh. I know there's a similar treaty for Antarctica. No one is supposed to be. No one is meant to claim it. You can't. No one is allowed to like march in with an army and say, this is ours now. It's mm. a sort of a weird no man's land where we all agree to just go and do science there. And uh, like, because there's supposed to be a lot of oil or coal or something there, I think. And um, it's it's not meant to be taken by anybody. Whether mm-hmm. that lasts into the next hundred years, I don't know. But um, we'll see. It's owned the by idea. the penguins. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, they own it. Uh, it was signed into. Well, let's see. Uh, the treaty was opened for signature by the three depository governments: the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, and the United States of America. The only three countries in the world. So, yeah. <laughs> there we are. Right, that's my thing. Let's move on, shall we? Brilliant. Thank you, um, Ben. It's Mikey. Mikey's turn for the listener thing. Uh huh. We have got a lovely little article donate, uh, donated, uh, gifted, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for here? Submitted. submitted. There submitted, we go. Yes. Submitted by Sarah at Bags for Dice. And the headline reads, Geordie cards with C-word being sold in Stanley Post Office. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, well, we'll get into this. I get to do a fun Northern accent for this one, so get ready. Uh, There's a reason I gave this one to you, Mikey. <laughs> it's becoming very clear already. I just ca- want to know who Stanley Post Office is. He sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> 
A County Durham businessman has defended a range of joke birthday cards with rude words after a shocked customer complained they were unacceptable in a public place. The customer, who did not wish to be named, said the card sold at Stanley Post Office in the town's front street had, quote-unquote, the worst swearing imaginable and in full view of children. Okay, so we're going to, like, picture this man's anger and when we get to the cards, I want you to think about, do you you agree with this person's level of anger or are you like, ah, So the worst swears imaginable, yeah? The worst uh, swears imaginable. Okay. Um, But Richard Fleetwood of the family-run Olives, who operate the post office counter, said the cards have proved a bestseller with customers, with some posted as far as Australia. Whoa. Wow. It doesn't go further than that. That's as far as you can go. (laughs) That's as far as you can go, unless you're talking about that bloke's asteroid, but um, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, Yeah, or if you put a fake Australian address on there, and then if undelivered, please return to London, (laughs) then it'll do twice the distance. Mm. Smart. Post hacks. Um, Post <laughs> If you want your parcel to get there in the slowest time possible and not even get there, there yeah. you go. Um, so we have our first taste of a card here with a picture. I'm going to read it out. Here, man, I couldn't give a fuck if it's your birthday. <laughs> um, which right. that's fine. I'm going to paste that in as well, just so you okay. can see see the words in front of you as well. Um, which, yeah, maybe a little bit obscene, but I wouldn't argue the worst swearing imaginable. Um, the unhappy customer said, I visited Stanley Post Office with my wife to arrange postage of a letter. <laughs> wow. To arrange postage of a letter. Oh, I don't like this man already. What century is this man from? <laughs> wife, would you like to go arrange the postage of a letter? Yes. Um, while my wife was being served, I started to look at the birthday cards on sale. One of the stands was displaying cards with Geordie colloquial sayings. Upon looking closer, I was sh- I was going to do a posh voice for this man now. I was shocked to see that the language contained on the front of the cards was full of the worst swearing imaginable. No. Some examples he spotted were, Happy Bortha, you daft cunt. <laughs> um, and, I don't give a fuck if it's your birthday. And, only, only dicks have... Oh, sorry. Only dickheads have a birthday in April. Uh, hey, I do. Hey. Uh, you, you sent that to me directly, Mike. Oh, I'm just sending these to you, aren't I? I don't know where I am. Help. I say, I'm not seeing any of these so far, if you're putting them somewhere. Hold on, let me just copy them back in now. Um, oh. This is very much in the remit of, of birthday cards that I despise and hate with a pleasure, which is just really boring and funny text like vulgarity for the sake of vulgarity um so i don't like these but for different reasons than our 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 postage arranger here (laughs) um he said they were on full display to every these were on full display to everyone visiting the post office including young children he added i took a photo of one of the offending cards to make a complaint to the post office I am not a prude by any stretch of the imagination, but I believe it is unacceptable for any organisation, and especially the post office, to have these cards with the language therein on public display where children visit the premises. Um, I used to go to the post office all the time as a child. It's where I hung out, you know. It's where you arranged your letters. It is, yeah. Oh, oh wow, and the, the journalist here got a day out. Um, the Northern Echo visited the outlet with the bulk of cards on display being conventional, while a range of Geordie cards, including ones the customer found offensive, were on two rotating display racks. Produced by a local Raji. 
<laughs> that's, the, that's the name of the company, not just them calling someone a rad. All oh, right, right, okay. okay. <laughs> um, get ready for some more card lines. The cards also include Canny Old, Canny Old, new. Um, all the best. Happy birthday, you rad bastard. Uh, 50 and other ages the day. Just gan canny. And 18. Oh, right. Sorry, I shouldn't read out the bit in brackets. 50 the day, just gan canny. And 18 the day. Time to gan raj. <laughs> That's quite a good one. I like that. I like the word raji. Good. I don't want to hear it yeah. enough down now. I'm not in Newcastle. Um, the director of Olive said, the new range of cards we have are supplied by a local small business. As an independent business ourselves, we know how important it is to support other businesses and our community. Okay, so he's got, got an edge here. Um, the cards have been very popular with customers. A bestseller, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we've even had requests and suggestions for more. Uh, but one thing to clarify, we don't want anyone to think we have anything against people born in April. There you go, Peter. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have insults available for all of the months of the year, too. Beautiful. Um, wow. But in all seriousness, after we received the initial complaint, we spoke to many of our customers to ask what they thought about our new card range. One customer, who is a member of the local church, they add, said they were very funny and how people talk. <laughs> Uh, and he also said there's a couple of them i will be back for myself now um Mm. so yes while most of the customers have laughed and found the range very amusing uh i guess they're not to everyone's taste and that's why they've now put them five foot or higher on the spinners so out of the eyeline of children so you can sleep easy tonight knowing that children won't be reading angry geordie words i will thank god for that and that is your lot. That's yeah. That's it's. it's wow. it, I think they made the best of a potentially bad situation there. They've appeased mm. someone without without going too far with it. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you, Mikey. You're welcome. Um, it's time for my thing now. Yes. And uh, I'm going to read a, a spooky story. Oh. Um, of something that I feel like I. This is the kind of thing where I'm like. Have I not talked about this before on the podcast? Because surely I have. It's something I've known about for a long time. So possibly I'm about to retread ground that I did in, you know, episode five or something. So if you've heard this, do stop me and don't know what I'll do. Do something (laughs) else or nothing. But uh, I'm going to try it anyway. Um, Because I don't actively remember doing this story. We're doing a Cornwall sort of legend, urban legend now. Um so Cornwall is a place where legends linger. It's the land of piskies and giants, mermaids and pasties, and, and, pasties. Uh, mermaids and witches and innumerable saints, many of which arrived on our shores. This is written by a Cornish person, I guess. Hang on, let me find the person, the author. Oh, it's just on someone's blog. Hang on. Um, Budukveen. Is okay. that their name or is that a, a place? Budukveen Hotel. There you go. It's, it's you local go. information from the hotel. Um, The Cornish just love a tall tale, and in this isolated region where the elements and wild landscapes often play tricks on the senses, it seems we've had more than our fair share of tales to tell over the centuries. The little 15th century church of St. Mornan, if I'm saying that right, M-A-W-N-A-N, Mornan, is beautifully situated close to the entrance of Helford River. Standing on high ground not far far from the coastal path, its grey granite walls seem to ooze antiquity and mystery, and for a few decades, the strangest of legends has swirled around this historic building and the nearby woodland, uh, 
woodland, oh, and and near, nearby woodland, like sea mist. It swirled around like sea mist. The first church was built here in the 13th century, but hundreds of years before that, this place was the site of an ancient earthwork, thought to be a Celtic lan, traces of which can still be seen today. This lan was roughly oval-shaped, uh, was a roughly oval-shaped rampart about 45 meters across, and that may have been the site of an early Christian monastery, a kind of sacred enclosure, although some propose it may be even older, perhaps prehistoric. The banked monument remained fairly complete, with the church we see today simply filling its ancient footprint until the 1920s, when some of the rampart was removed to expand the churchyard. Around the same time, in 1924, a Mr. Haverfield and a Mr. Taylor dug up a Roman coin hoard close to the church. The coins they found were dated to between roughly 260 AD to 275 AD and were donated to the Royal Cornwall Museum in Truro. The reason for their burial at this particular spot in Mornan remains a mystery, uh, remains a mystery, of course. However, the superstitious among us may ponder whether there is any connection between these disturbances of the ancient earth, earthworks and what came next, because it was around this time that the first sighting of the Owl Man occurred. No, the Ooh. Owl Man. Twit twoo, he's coming to get you. No. The incident was reported by the Cornish Echo newspaper. An article described two young boys being chased by a large and ferocious bird in the woods near Mornan Church. It was claimed the boys had hidden from the creature with giant claws behind a steel grating. The next and most infamous sighting was by two sisters, Jane and Vicky Melling, who were visiting Cornwall with their parents on a camping holiday. Despite this report coming in April 1976, some 50 years after the first, there seem to have been several telling similarities between the two incidents. The girls, who were from Lancashire, claimed they were being chased by a huge bird with red eyes and massive claws that they described as looking like blacksmith's pinchers. The whole family were so terrified by the event that they cut their holiday short and went home immediately. However, the girl's father, Don Melling, later gave a local man, Tony Doc Shields, who had an interest in the supernatural, a sketch that June had drawn of what she'd seen that day. It shows what can only be described as a half-man, half-bird creature. Shields seems to have collected other drawings from that year too, supposedly from other witnesses. Someone called B. Perry, who claimed to see to see the Owlman that July, and then Sally Chapman in August, who wrote that she saw a red-eyed bird as big as a man flying through the trees. Over the next few years, there were at least two further sightings, one in 1978 and another in 1989. The witnesses' descriptions were all very similar. They report hearing a hissing sound and seeing glowing eyes and an, and an enormous grey feathered humanoid creature. Then, towards the end of summer 1995, came one of the most credible reports... The witness this time was an unnamed American tourist who wrote a letter to the editor of the Western Morning News, Simon Parker. It read, Dear Sir, I'm a student of marine biology at the Field Museum Chicago, and on the last day of a summer vacation in Eng- uh, and I'm on the last day of a summer vacation in England. Last Sunday evening, I had a most unique and frightening experience in the wooded area near the old church at Mornan, Cornwall. I experienced what I can only describe as a vision from hell. The time was 15 minutes after nine, more or less, and I was walking along a narrow track through the trees. I was halted in my tracks when about 30 metres ahead, I saw a monstrous birdman thing. It was the size of a man with a ghastly face, a wide mouth, glowing eyes and pointed ears. 
had huge clawed wings and was covered in feathers of a silver-grey colour. The thing had long bird legs which terminated in large black claws. It saw me and rose, floating towards me. I just screamed and then turned and ran for my life. The whole experience was totally irrational and dreamlike. Friends tell me that there is a tradition of a phantom owl man in that district, and now I know why. I've seen the phantom myself. Please don't publish my real name and address. This could adversely affect my career. Now I have to rethink my worldview entirely. Yours very sincerely scared, eyewitness. Wow, that is undisputable proof, right? Yeah, that that doesn't sound like someone taking the piss. Indeed. Um... Reports of strange goings-on in and around Morland Church, including unexplained floating lights and static energy, whatever that means, have continued, as have the sightings of the Owlman, the most recent being by a 12-year-old girl in 2009 and two ghost hunters, Mark Davis and Chris Power, in 2021. Ooh, Mark, Chris who tried Power. to video... <laughs> Chris Power. Mark, who tried to video the incident, claimed that they heard a strange hissing sound and felt a demonic presence and he captured a fuzzy shot of a silhouetted figure in the distance. Now, hang on. I thought I had I thought there were images attached to this article. Oh no, this is a different one. I was I've looked for different write-ups of this. I Let think me... I I just googled this man right. to see if I could find any more about him. I may have found the image if this mm-hmm. looks about right to you. I have seen oh, it. Fuck's sake. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> that's his owl man. Um there are some draw some of the drawings though that the girls did when they were younger. Um, uh, well, for for this image, at least uh, for the people at home, um, it's a grainy blob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's, a grainy it's just blob. a really grainy blob. Could be a um, hedge. Yeah, it could be anything. Um, oh, and these are the drawings that the the girls did in the seventies of what they saw. Um, uh, oh, it's quite cute. I like them. They're really good, actually. They're good drawings. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's just a strange thing that that happened um the more interesting thing is oh there's this image as well this might be the one i've also seen this one um but it, it's just as blurry um this might be the one that that guy took oh um, spooky it's nah. spooky but it just is just a, a bloke yeah um, yeah <laughs> it doesn't like, look anything like an owl it looks more like a deer it looks like it's got it antlers. does it does it does yeah um so you know it's all sort of strange but uh there are theories as to what may be happening here other than either mass hysteria or hoaxes or delusions um it's possible that an eagle owl may have escaped a sort of a a collection or something i don't think they're native to the uk um but there are some eagle owls in captivity around uh, around the place and they they have red eyes or orange eyes um and Particularly if they have their wings fully spread, they can give the impression that they are absolutely massive, like the size of a man. I think it's the biggest species of owl in the world. Um, And so, yeah, Mm. one of the theories is perhaps there was an eagle owl kind of sort of on the loose somehow for whatever reason. Um, Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, look, I'm looking at pictures of them now and they are huge and those eyes are massive. They're like, yeah, sources. Oh my God. God. That one. Yeah. So yeah, uh, on a dark night, you'd be a bit terrified if this came around you. Yeah, definitely. So anyone looking for an explanation outside of, as I say, people being just sort of mistaken or spooked or making things up, yeah, maybe it's it could be an eagle owl. 
potentially. Um, it could also just be a supernatural spooky creature. Could be a supernatural could spooky be. creature, it could, it could be. It's not, but it could be. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Uh, it also says on the Wikipedia article, the weird Wikipedia article, I should yes, say, that sorry, a yeah. cult... Occult historian Gareth Medway suggested the whole thing may have been a hoax by Shields, who was the guy we mentioned earlier. He had a reputation for hoaxing, apparently. <laughs> Medway noticed that the witnesses claiming encounters with a similar legendary monster promoted yeah. by Shields were either Doc Shields or friends of Doc Shields or relatives of Doc Shields <laughs> or reported their sightings to Doc Shields and to no one else or else wrote letters describing what they had seen to newspapers and were never interviewed by anyone. So mm. that could have been him writing mm. the letters. So uh, um, You can't say for sure, though. So, you know, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still erring on the side of it being a real creature. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there you go. That's just a strange little bit of kind of you know as i say it's an urban legend i just like the fact that it's from the 70s as much as anything else because a lot of these stories are like you know something that goes back hundreds of years and you're just like okay well that that's even more kind of removed and you know how am i supposed to what am i supposed to think of that that someone in like 1500 thought they saw an owl man like that Mm -hmm. it's meaningless to me but uh (laughs) some kids in the 70s apparently thought that they saw one so oh, there you go. Amazing. It's the story of the Owlman of Mornan. Well, thank you very much, Peter, for that spooky tale. You're welcome. You. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening and submitting your things to us. Remember, you can do that on Twitter. We usually ask a few days out from recording, as I said at the beginning of the podcast. Again, we're taking a little bit longer of a break between episodes this uh, between this one and the next one. Uh, so probably the week preceding when that's due out. Keep an eye out on social media. Submit us a thing, a local thing that's happened recently, and we'd love to love to read it out. Mm. Mikey, I believe there's some sort of shop. You are Don Tutin if you go over to vidiotsofficial.com. I had to remember our very simple website address there for a second. Um, if you go to vidiotsofficial.com and click on shop, you will be greeted with a wonderful bounty of goodies, including stickers, mug, hat, hoodie, and t-shirts galore, featuring our latest design, which is uh, the, the blobby design, but on a t-shirt in a wonderful array of colours. So do head over to vidiotsofficial.com and have a little look-see and see if anything takes your fancy. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all.com forward slash vidiotsofficial. Discord is vidiotsofficial.com forward slash Discord. Thank you to Tommy and Fleckers who mod us over there. Go hang out with some Podiots listeners or some Vidiots viewers. Uh, Say hello. Uh, We've also got twitch.tv forward slash vidiotsofficial. We will do a joint stream at some point together, a a reunion stream. I promise it will happen, but not currently. There are no current plans, but we will do it. I promise it will happen. Uh, I'm remembering this time, podiots.com. Donate three pounds or more and get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the podcast. Join Pod Squad. It supports us and it really flipping helps. It's like one of those um, banners you see at the top of Wikipedia where it says, please don't scroll away. If everyone... If everyone who used Wikipedia just donated one pound, yeah. we'd be set for the, for until the heat death of the universe. Yeah. We're not quite on that level, but if everyone listening gave us three quid, we'd we would we would be able to do all sorts of crazy stuff. Let me yeah. let me tell you. Oh um, boy. Oh, but uh, 250 kebabs in a month let's go i know we could we could we could do the butterfield diet plan and have a trained medical professional on standby for the duration yes. 
if everyone uh, who's listening gave us three quid, we would have to do an entire Pod Squad episode. It was just us we, reading names. Yeah, we would. <laughs> We would, and I would do it gladly. I'd do it easily, hundred percent. But that's thank you so much to our pod squad for this week, who are as follows: Blobby killed my cat. The generous Saint Milo, thanks, Mikey. Hoist your moist goiter. Uh, The generous Hausenberg, slap your wap flaps. Caroline, when is been there? The generous Otto Jamshed is my bro and is a knob. Lord to sandwich to Vic. And Prince Beefcakes. Thank you. We've also got Stephen Skodes, Donak07, Fuck, 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 Fredu Weber. Imagine Dragon D's nuts all over your face. Bartek Turtle Kubica, Fintristam, Idris Gazelba, Mr. Mecca, Peter's Nose Sausage, Garlic and Chipakistan, Garlic and Chints, Which One Was Better, Chat GP Terostin. And finally, we have Explain Why Willy Hard, Swallows Come and Go, Swallows Come and Goes, Swallows Come and Leaves, Ingest Semen and Departs, Ivana Tinkle, Freddy Weber, Yeti Kleber, Elemental Hero Mudball Man, Cassidy Delaney, Peter Saying Mikey and Ep 57, Fanny and Sub in Da Two Bed Flat, Mr. Blobby's Bastard Son, Rip Memory Dicks, and Mr. Macker. Thank you so much to our pod squad. Once again, podiots.com, three pounds to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. Thank you so much. We love you. Uh, Peter, what's out on Vidiots this week, five years ago? I just want to say Rip Memory Dicks is one that kind of passed me by last time, but uh, that's good. You like like that one, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. Um, So out on on, on Vidiots this time, X years ago, we have got... A troubling start, Vanilla Minecraft episode one. Oh, you dams. Uh, post some tat number 20, Billy Ray Ballrus. Noob versus Pro Quake 3 Arena Challenge. Uh, there's an unlisted video called Tell Your Friends. I don't really know what that is or why that's there, but it's been viewed 18 times. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Worst games ever, London Racer Police Madness. Marrying Chickens, Vanilla Minecraft episode two. The world's most derangerous hunter, hunting unlimited 2008. Uh, ben goes to KFC, uh, Vanilla Minecraft episode three. Podiots episode ten, Boppis featuring Cultaholic. Person tap number twenty one, stab proof Mikey. Worst games ever, Smarties meltdown, and uh, what we're we going up to the fifteenth. Um, we've got we're getting a divorce, Vanilla Minecraft episode four. Uh, and finally, Wrestling with Friends, The Simpsons Wrestling, featuring Cultaholic. That's when we went and visited the offices and played some Simpsons yes. Wrestling with them. It was a good wheeze, as they say. Mm. Uh, Mikey, whereabouts are you on the internet, please? At Pirate Boy on Twitter is the best place to keep up with whatever it is I'm doing these days. So go check it out. Excellent. And Peter, where are we? Uh, we are at Team Triple Jump together making videos about gaming stuff. Um, but you can also get us separately on social media at that Peter Austin and at Confused underscore Dude. Yes, indeed. Why not leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Tell you what, if everyone listening just left us a five-star review on their platform of choice, yeah. that would also help loads it and would. it wouldn't cost you any money. So maybe consider doing that. Uh, we've just got enough time for one final question for the audience. Oh, 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 um, oh, um. 
what could you eat for helpings of every day for a month mm. for charity? Yeah. Let us Get know. devious with it. What's like kind of think like push yourself to your limits. What could you yeah, What is your limit? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening slash watching. We will see you in a few weeks' time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.